welcome to the Fearless Purpose Podcast. This is your host, Brian Cox, and thank you so much for joining us today. We are really excited to share with you an interview that we got to do with Michelle Tucker, a high-performance coach, someone who I really rely upon and trust a lot of what she has to say whenever it comes to getting your best stuff done. So it's going to be a great podcast for that. Before we get to the interview today, I just wanted to make sure you are aware that we have a free Facebook group where I go live pretty much every single night, do a little bit of content, some training, some community building, and it's just a great place for people to come in and learn and grow. And so that is the Fearless Purpose group. Check us out on Facebook. We'd love to have you be a part of that community and help to grow it. And also, if you enjoy this podcast, you like what we're doing here, the best way you can show your thanks for that is to give us a five-star rating on your platform of choice and to recommend it to anyone you know that might appreciate it. And if you do that, we thank you so much for helping us to grow this channel. We really care about this platform and putting out the best content we can. And with that, let's go to our interview with Michelle Tucker. Welcome to the Fearless Purpose Podcast, Michelle. It is great to have you on today. Thank you, Brian, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it is absolutely my pleasure. So, as I said in the intro, uh, you do a lot of work in the high-performance success coaching space, and that's a, it's a big space, a broad space, and I know you have a wealth of experience in many different areas. So, could you just tell the listeners a little bit about how you, or really what sent you down that journey to becoming this great coach? Well, I actually grew up in a very small town, a population of 150. And um, my, both my parents had grade nine education. And, you know, throughout my, my childhood, I always had a passion to know more, like to, um, I knew there was more out there, like in this small little town, I knew there was more out there. And I always had this drive to be as good as I could be at anything that I did. And so I worked really, really hard um, through high school. I got involved in sports. I was involved in a organization called the Sea Cadets. And everything that I did, I really uh, showed a lot of self-discipline and always worked really, really hard in those areas. And then as I got into my more of my um, adult years, I graduated um, college and moved on out of that little town and um, seemed like a lot of different, I didn't really understand it, but I actually went on to work in a corporate position where I you know, supervised a large number of employees and went on to grow a very successful real estate business. And I would often be told, how do you do all the things that you do? And I just didn't even think twice about it because I always felt like, you know, I just did them naturally. But as I got into the network marketing world, I soon realized that it wasn't just that easy. one, I had to really look at myself during that whole process, but I also found that there were so many other women that would have these dreams and these goals and things that they wanted, and they would stop doing the work. They wouldn't do what it was that they really wanted to do, even though I knew they wanted it, but they had things going on inside them, like limiting beliefs and fears and and their own struggles that were holding them back. And so I just really at that point was like, I need, I felt the passion to be able to help women to get beyond that so they could have the success they wanted in their lives. So 
you really found this passion for helping women and building their businesses. And I know that you have a wealth of experience in business as well. You know, tell a little bit about your corporate career and how you've grown there and some of the, the achievements that you've, that you've seen while you've been in the corporate world also. Well, in the corporate world, I actually have um, had 25 years of experience and I've always been in an administrative type positions where I led a large number of employees. And also, I think one of the things that I've been really successful at is growing programs. So when I started my journey in the corporate world, you know, the department that I that I worked in had very, um, very few programs. And so one of my passions was to be able to grow large, lots of different programs so that we could serve more people. And so I've, I've been able to not only grow um, the business side of it, but also all of the services that are offered uh, to the community within the organization that I work. You know, I really love talking with people that have this great background of corporate and entrepreneurism and network marketing, you know, because my background is very corporate and then led into entrepreneurism as well. And I think there's such an amazing correlation there with, you know, the ability to build teams and to leverage and grow teams. Uh, a lot of folks that I know that are entrepreneurs and in the network marketing space, you know, especially, uh, they're kind of thrust into this position of, hey, you can be your own boss and you can grow and you can, you know, build and you can do all these great things. But so many people haven't really you know, had the ability to do so. And what I find is a lot of people start their own business or network marketing business, and they start without the skills that they really need in order to, to leverage up and grow. But from the corporate perspective, it feels like that you, you know, are really learning that for a long time and you, you see how to do that. And then how does that translate for you into building teams in the entrepreneur space or the network marketing space? So in the network marketing space, the thing that I have grown to learn is that it is very different. Um, in a corporate world, there is so much um, like structure provided around you uh, with regards to policies and procedures and, and just a lot of times it's your background, it's your degrees, what <laughs> it's what you know. And then you go into this entrepreneurial world where you're your own boss all of a sudden and you are uh, leading this huge team and I think what what translates over is the fact that you are a leader and so going into that space and being able to teach other women or men in the entrepreneurial world the tools that they need in order to be successful in that business and often the those tools are mindset a lot of times it's things like, you know, their limiting beliefs, um, the fact that they're out of their comfort zone, the fact that they are worried about what other people think of them, um, the fact that um, they don't believe in themselves because a lot of the people that you're leading don't have the same skill sets as the people in your corporate world. Because often in a corporate world, people are coming in with some skills in that area of expertise. Whereas in network marketing, a lot of the people are coming in and they may have no, no skills at all. And so you're having to teach them all of those basic skills and, that, and teach them leadership skills so they can be successful in the direct, um, direct sales industry. 
you know, I think an interesting correlation to that is in the corporate world, as someone moves up into, you know, progressively greater leadership roles, they've had that chance to learn from their current status and then move into the next more uh, highly responsible role, right? With more accountability, more roles. And in the entrepreneur world and network marketing world, you know, some people very quickly uh, through their networking and how they do, they can build teams very fast and they never really have the chance to slowly scale. It's, you know, they start and then whether it's luck or hard work, who knows what, then they're thrust into this leadership role very fast and they didn't have the chance to really, you know, cultivate the skills over time. So they find that they are, uh, many times they struggle. They get to a point and they, they start saying, oh my goodness, I'm overwhelmed because they try to be everything to everybody all the time. And it's, it's tough to scale doing that, I find. What, what, what do you think? Um, I would agree with you on that. And I think at that point, as a leader, like if I was leading someone in that situation that scaled really, really quickly, then I would have to be teaching them other tools, not just um, like how to recruit. It would be more of how do you manage your time and how do you set your boundaries and how do you prioritize and how do you uh, manage all of these things. And so I think that as a high performance coach, I think that that is what is important to do because then they have to really look at you know how they are aligning with their values because now they have this business that has been very very successful very quickly and what does that mean for them is that really what they what they truly wanted and how is this impacting their relationships how is it impacting their health how is it impacting you know their their spirituality is it all in line with what it is that they really really want and and to make sure that we can get them to that place where they are in alignment so that they are going on this journey really, really fast, but they're doing it in a way where they are truly feeling successful and not overwhelmed and not stuck and not frustrated in the process. Absolutely. And so let's do this for a second. So, you know, I always love giving as much value as I can to my listeners and as many tips and tricks and tools. So I'm going to ask two different things, two different tips from you. Um, and I'll tell you what they both are so you can think about the second one while you talk about the first one, I suppose. Uh, but that is a, a tip or, you know, a best practice about number one is going to be how to overcome limiting beliefs. And, and the second one is going to be uh, about how do you get out of what I call at times, you know, the overwhelm, which is whenever you did perhaps build fast or you find yourself where that, you know, you've tried to build everything yourself, do everything yourself and you're, you're at that stuck point where you really can't scale uh, because you need time management or you need help in some way, shape, or form. So, so a tip or trick, number one, on limiting beliefs, and number two, how do you combat overwhelm? So for limiting beliefs, I love this one because truly um, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, our backstory, things that people have shared, told us that we are, or experiences that we have had where now we feel that we are that, you know, that person and truly we're not that person. It's all based on our backstory. And so one of the things to help overcome a lot of those things is one, being aware of what you're telling yourself. What is it? What are the stories that you're telling yourself uh, in your own head? What do you often hear yourself saying that you would consider a limiting belief? And I would be very considerate to be aware of that and then to reframe that thought into something that serves you 
And so like, for example, a limiting belief could be, I, I, I'm, I'm stupid. I can't do that. And so you turn that around and say, I am, I am st a strong woman and I am going to find out the answers and figure this out so that I can achieve the things I want to achieve. So you're, you're taking something that you're telling yourself uh, that doesn't serve you and you're reframing it into something that serves you. It, so if you're stupid, I am smart and I can figure this out. And the other thing I think is along the same lines is if you are having those limiting beliefs or those thoughts um, is that we get to control the thoughts that are in our head. So if we are telling ourselves the same stories, I call them red light stories and green light stories. So like a red light story would be, I'm stupid, I can't do this, and I don't know how I'm going to do this. And a green light story would be to tell yourself that, you know, I am smart, I'm going to figure it out, I can do this, and I know that I'm going to serve a lot of people in a big way. And so the red light story makes us feel stuck, doesn't make us feel good about ourselves, and the green light story empowers us and helps us to really kind of get the courage to move forward into the areas that we want to move forward into and to be more successful. I think that's an excellent analogy. And so for everyone listening, you know, take that into consideration, this red light, green light piece, because there's an element there of self-awareness, of internalizing, of understanding, and being aware enough of whenever you have one of these limiting beliefs. And this is something we talk about a lot. Uh, and those of you who listen to me, you've heard this also. And I think the affirmation is great to be able to hear this, that if you can just take the time to internalize and understand and be aware of this belief, then you can start to combat it. And it takes that awareness. It takes that, that mental uh, moment where you are purposeful and thoughtful in your, in your mindset, really, to be able to see that and then be able to combat it. And I think it's a great methodology for doing it. Uh, I love whenever there's a good analogy, that red light, green light. I'm going to use that, by the way. I've never heard it that way. I like it. Uh, so I'm going to be using that as well. Uh, but I promise I'll let people know I got it from you. I won't be like, oh, I had this great idea today. It was red light, green light. Um, I won't do that, I promise. Uh, but I think that gives a good <laughs> mental you know, picture to be able to say, you know what, that's a red light. I, I got to stop. That is stopping me and I need to stop it. And so now it's how do we get green and start moving forward? I like that a lot. All right, so now let's do the tip. So that was limiting belief. So now let's go to the next one, which is about how do you, how do you combat overwhelm? And so this is a perfect one. I actually love this one because being a, um, a woman who still works full-time in a corporate position and um, who does um, coaching as well as a network marketing business and raising two beautiful daughters, age nine and 12, um, there was a period in my life when I felt like that was my life, overwhelmed and busy. When someone would ask me, how are you doing today? It was always busy. <laughs> and you know, I do never, I never use that term ever, ever anymore. So just, and I never feel overwhelmed or busy ever. Um, because again, I do think it is an attitude and it is a mindset. And so the things that I did in order to get from that place of being busy and, and feeling overwhelmed was one, I would start out every single day be, and tell myself that 
and using affirmations, I would say that I am going to use my time today to its maximum efficiency so I can get done everything that I need to get done today. And I would tell myself that in the morning. Any time that I started feeling um, like that I was getting stressed, I would repeat that out loud. I would sit in the parking lot at, at my work and I would tell myself before I walked in or before I walked into to my office that I am going to use my time today to its maximum efficiency to get done everything I need to do today. And eventually what I noticed was happening was that I was telling myself that more on an unconscious level. And then all of a sudden, I never really had that sense of being overwhelmed. There's a second piece to this. So one is the, over, is the actual affirmation and telling myself that I'm using my time effectively and that I'm going to get done everything I'm going to get done today. Because it's true, right? We're only going to get done what we're going to get done. And the things that, and we're constantly, uh, even on an unconscious level, we're prioritizing all the time. And at the end of the day, we've done what we, what we would say in quotes, need it to get done today. Um, because if it was necessary, we would get it done. Um, but the other piece of that is planning and organizing. So I still use a um, paper planner and I sit down on, on Sundays and I, ha I have a list of all my projects. I have a list of all my to-dos and I sit down on Sundays and I basically organize every, my whole week and everything is on there. Everything, and if you've heard of time blocking, I use time blocking. So everything is um, blocked out. So like if I have to work from eight to 4.30, that is blocked. And if there's anything within that time frame that needs to be done, that will be blocked in there as well. And then for, I love to exercise because I have health is important to me and I, I value that. And so I make sure that my self care and my health is prioritized in there. And so depending on what my schedule looks like, that is blocked in. And everything that needs to be done that I would consider a necessary or a non-negotiable, that is blocked in my calendar. And then if there's other things that I would like to get done, then those things are, are then blocked in as my second priority. And then my projects are things that you know, I, I'm not going to get done in like five minutes or like even an hour. They may be a longer term project. So depending on what it is and how those projects are prioritized, then I am blocking in time on my schedule every week so that I continue to move forward on those projects that are important to me. So I am I always call it like I am designing my life. Like I am in control and I am designing my life. I know what needs to be done and I am taking, I am designing my life the way that I want it to look so that it's aligned with my values and what's important to me. And so because I do that, I don't feel busy or overwhelmed because I know what I'm doing like every minute of my day. And everyone else in my world that are important to me know, they also know what my schedule looks like. They know when I'm going to spend time with them. They know where, you know, if I'm going out for dinner with friends, like we have that all planned it, um, 
planned out and the things that are important to me are on my calendar. And so I don't feel overwhelmed or busy because I know exactly what I'm doing. That's excellent because I think that one of the things you're doing there, and this is you know something that in my time with Franklin Covey, I brought up a lot and, and it's a big part of what they do and it's still a large part of what I do in my life and my trainings, that productivity is, is not busyness and busyness is not productivity, right? Uh, spending time right. just doing the busy things doesn't mean you're actually doing the right things. And whenever we look at the heart of effectiveness and, and the heart of being as productive as possible, it is not just being busy. Right. So, and the thing that I think that people miss when they're actually scheduling their time, and I go back to this always, being in alignment with your values. Because how many times do we look at our week and we do not consider what we value. So like, for example, like I have a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. So I value spending one-on-one -on -one time with them, even though mom works full-time and mom has a coaching business and mom has a direct marketing business. I sit down and I, when I'm scheduling out my time, I make sure that there's time scheduled in there for one-on-one -on -one time with both my kids, quality time. So there's a difference between quantity time and quality time. So I make sure that if I know that I have not spent as much time with them and I truly value that time, then that is on my calendar. My spouse, if I value spending time with my spouse and it's like, we really have not had good quality time together for the last couple of weeks, then I can schedule in a date night. If I haven't spent time with friends that make me giggle and laugh and I feel like I really need that this week and I really value that and I haven't been, you know, spending time with them and it's important to me, then I make sure I make a phone call and get something on my calendar. Like everything is very, very intentional so that we know that our life is successful and we are performing at a high level because we are, you know, managing our time and we're using our time effectively, but at the same time, we feel really good about it because we are in alignment with everything that we truly value. Mm -hmm. and I love the intentionality of it because it, it really takes, you know, being purposeful and intentional to be able to use your time effectively like that. And I really do appreciate that. That's, that's really great stuff. I think everybody listening needs to really take that to heart and understand that if Michelle can do it and other people can do it, that they can do that too. Exactly. So Michelle, tell me a little bit about your coaching business. So do you do, is it one-on-one -on -one work? Is it group work, challenges, online, face-to-face? -face? Tell us a little bit about what that looks like to interact and engage with you as a coach. So I actually have been doing uh, mostly one-on-one -on -one coaching at this time. And I am currently moving into the challenge platform. And so in January, I'm going to have uh, my very first challenge launch, which I'm super excited for. So look forward to um, seeing more information out there on that. Um, and it is going to be, you know, taking us into this new decade and um, setting goals and creating some massive momentum so you can get success in your business and life. So it's super exciting. And then after people work with me on a one-on-one -on -one level and also after the challenge, I have um, a six-week program. It's called Your Next Edge uh, program. And that is something that is more small group coaching 
um, and um, some home study as well. That's excellent. So they would need to complete one of the initial pieces before they go into one of the six week courses. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Excellent. And where can people find out more about, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say too, because, um, you know, different programs is really a passion of mine in 2020, be on the lookout for lots of different programs that will be looking at different areas of your life and making sure that you are performing at a high level in all areas of your life and creating success. So that is my intention for 2020 is to make sure that I have programs available to meet all needs. Excellent. I think that's one of the big things is ensuring that you can continue to help those people to grow. And it's not just the same thing over and over. So that's wonderful. I love that plan. It's gonna be a great strategy. And you know, one of the things I've been talking about for you know, a while now is making 2020 the, the best year of your life. And I think that the plan and the programs you're gonna have for people are gonna help them achieve that best year. And I'm excited to see the things that come out of it. Yes, thank you. I'm super excited as well. It's gonna be a great year. It is gonna be a great year. So Michelle, at the end of my podcast, whenever I have guests on, what I like to do is like to do a quick lightning round uh, of questions, things that we did not talk about beforehand because I like the spontaneity of it. So the only thing is there'll be about four questions. All you got to do is answer and answer as fast as you can because it's lightning round. Okay. Are you ready for this? Okay. Sounds good. Perfect. Okay. So what is the last book you read? Oh, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know that book, but it sounds, it sounds interesting. I have to admit. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> it's really good. I had to think for a minute, even though I've just, I was just reading it like last week. So I'm like, how could I forget that so quickly? That, it's hard to forget a title like that. Okay. Next question. Uh, favorite guilty pleasure breakfast food. Oh, I, I love bacon and eggs, but I don't know if that is now with code red and all the keto diets. I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure anymore or not. Yeah, that's completely <laughs> but I do like on the code red eggs. stuff. Well, we'll go with bacon and eggs. Uh, mine, yes. see, mine would be waffles. Waffles is my answer. Um, not that anyone asked, but I figured I'd give that and it's a guilty pleasure. And also if anyone, <laughs> anyone wants to bring me a waffle at some point, I won't argue. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> third question in the lightning round is this, favorite holiday movie? Home Alone. Ah, great choice. And then the final lightning round question. The whole series. The whole series, it's a great one. Uh, the final lightning round question is this, is what is your favorite book? Oh, my favorite book, The Art of War. Oh, wow, a little Sun Tzu, good. nice. It's good. Yeah, a lot of learn from that one in a lot of different ways. I think it's a, a great one that some people uh, definitely need to read. Uh, it's a very, very uh, interesting one, especially since it is hundreds of years old. I can't, remember, I, I can't remember how old that book is, but it's pretty old, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I forget when it was. Yes. Right. But anyway, perfect. Well, with that in mind, uh, Michelle, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast, for sharing your, you know, your vision, your dreams, and, and a lot of great tips and tricks and your wisdom uh, with my audience. Uh, it means a lot to have you here. And I know that with the things you're coming up with in 2020, you're going to have a great impact on the people that you're working with. And I encourage everyone, I will have in the show notes, all of the ways to contact uh, Michelle, and there's gonna be some great things that she has going on. I believe that she is going to be running a challenge early in the year. So make sure you're on the lookout for that and look that up because you will get a lot out of it and you will grow definitely. So make sure you guys check that out. And Michelle, thank you again so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Brian. I so appreciate the invite and you have an amazing 2020.
I absolutely plan on it. Perfect. All right. Until next time, everybody, we'll see you on the next show.